Police officers, they often get a bad rap, primarily because people, social media, and the news only highly publicize negative interactions. Officer David Dukes was fired and charged with felony assault and battery. Excessive force can never be an acceptable foundation for the policing of any community. Officer Kevin Perez kicked crud up several times and slammed his head to the ground. It's disappointing, after a year unlike any other, that we still discredit some of our bravest men and women. Enough is enough. It's time we stand up and back the blue. I am Kayla Blakesley, a local member of the media and radio personality. And I am Sophia Rosales-Catina, captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department. Together we are joining forces to bring you Unholstered. An in-depth look at all the stories, events, and topics that show how our officers serve and fight for our community every single day. When we saw the car up in flames. You know, we saw the two kids in the back unconscious. We knew that we had to get them out. And no topics are off limits. On that day, I participated in the defense of the United States Capitol from an armed mob. He's shooting at the cops right now. We're backing up. A sixth-grade female student fired multiple rounds. Who are black people supposed to call Ghostbusters? When we have crime in our neighborhoods, we need police reform. Plus, we'll give you an intimate look into the unheard stories that only officers themselves can share. From saving lives... Officer Michael, in heroic fashion, return fire uh, even even in the midst of, of being shot himself to soul-crushing losses this is a raw scene and this is a raw emotional outpouring of hurt by your police department and by your first responders and every incredible moment in between thank god there's a school resource officer there to handle and de-escalate the situation so nobody is hurt we're giving you an unfiltered look at some of the bravest men and women on earth so join us for a show unlike any other and hear from your police officers like you've never heard them before. Your town, your topics, your team. This is Unholstered. Hey, good Saturday morning, Wowo Land. Welcome on in here to Saturday's edition of Unholstered. I hope you all had a fantastic, happy, and safe Thanksgiving. We're glad you're back joining us here on Unholstered. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Kayla Blakesley. If you've never listened before to this radio station, I host a program weekdays, Monday through Friday, right here on Wowo. I am the media side to this show, and I've teamed up with my co-host, Sophia, for the uh, police side, if you will. Yes, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Sophia Rosales-Catina. I am a captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department, and welcome back to Unholstered. Thank you for joining us once again, and I hope you all had a nice Thanksgiving. If you all just have tuned in for the first time, maybe you're still at home trying to digest all the turkey, and this is your first time finding us, uh, we are the local media teaming up with the local, local police department to share and tell some of the stories that just don't often uh, get told. I say it week after week, Sophia. I'm always just so enlightened uh, by all the things uh, the Fort Wayne Police Department specifically has its hands in, uh, whether it's uh, mental health or the SWAT team or, or just how, how you all handle, you know, drugs in town. Like, I'm always just so amazed at the different facets within the Fort Wayne Police Department that, quite frankly, I didn't even know existed. Right. And I think a lot of people don't. They kind of see what they see on TV. So they know we have like a homicide division. They know we have a vice narcotics division. But there's so much more to our police department yeah. here that people just aren't aware of. Just so many different um, individualized groups and um, areas in the department, which you can 
broaden yourself and go to if you if you decide to join us and come work for us. So you know, with the computer forensics and uh, bomb squad and negotiations and crime scene and um, you know, even in in the detective bureau, there's like little divisions of domestic battery, crimes against persons, property crime, financial crime. There's just so much to do and there's so much to talk about and highlight of what we're doing here in this city. Well, I'm glad that's what we're doing right here on Unholstered. And we're actually changing tunes a little bit. We're, we're trying to be yes. and get into the holiday spirit. <laughs> I which, think we bombarded people yes. with negativity for our, you know, not necessarily negativity, but just the kind of like the, the, the heart of what we do. But now we want to lighten things up we a are. little We bit. want to lighten the mood a little bit. And speaking of, you know, just highlighting uh, the Fort Wayne Police Department, something that I wanted to do specifically, and that's talking about your Leaving a Living Legacy Fund. And we've got the director of the Leaving the Legacy Fund on the show. <laughs> Say that five times fast. Did I get it right? right. Yeah, I know. They should have named it something else. <laughs> Good morning. Good. Thanks for having me Mitch, again. you are the director of the Leaving a Living Legacy uh, Fund, which we're going to talk all about it. But first of all, okay, who did name this? I did. <laughs> you did? So, okay, I can. On purpose. On purpose. <laughs> well, it's part of the Fraternal Order of Police Lodge here in Allen County, which is the oldest Fraternal Order of Police in the state of Indiana. And we started this foundation in 2017, and I named it that way because we are a legacy here in Allen County. You are. You are. And we wanted to make sure that all of the badges in Allen County were represented, which is what the Fraternal Order of Police does. And the majority of the people who are on our executive council are from the Fort Wayne Police Department. And it's just been great to have a community effort like this. I feel like I kind of casually introduced you just because I know you. I feel like you've become a friend of mine, Mitch. But I should point out you're Deputy Chief Mitch McKinney from the Fort Wayne Police Department. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Um, and you've been on the show before, obviously. We've had you uh, here before. I believe we were talking about school resource officers last time, which, by the way, if you've missed any episodes of Unholstered, you can download them anywhere you download a podcast. But Sophia then proceeded to tell me that you know you are the director of this that you started this again like you just said back in 2017 and i i hear you saying you know you want to make sure all aspects of the badge is represented um but to me this like goes above and beyond that so where did your heartbeat come to to start this i mean how did this idea essentially grow into what it is now when i was president of the lodge at that time it was just recognizing that we have such a need in our community to where we have to make sure that community funds come in and they stay in Allen County. Wow. So it's really important for us to make sure our uh, programs like Cops for Kids, Forgotten Families, Blue Bucket Brigade, that we're working with our children and we're working with our families who need our help. And it gives that aspect that we work together outside of the badge. Well, let's break these down. So there are multiple programs under this umbrella. Obviously, you mentioned a couple of them, but can you kind of take us through them one by one, what they do? how people can help, how the community helps, uh, things like that? Sure. Cops for Kids is our program that comes around this time of year, and we're more targeted now. We help uh, any group that needs us. So, like, this year we're helping the YWCA. We're helping Parkview Cancer Institute. You know, we're helping the Woodburn Christian Children's Home. So we targeted more, especially after the pandemic, and we found groups that were really struggling getting money in from the community themselves. So we have found groups that have children that need help, and we are that extended hand for them and uh, so forgotten families happens after the first of the year because we usually find families that were left behind sometimes it's military families who have just come to our community sometimes it's folks that have had some kind of a loss in their home and that comes to us pretty quick from officers all over the county that say hey I ran into this family that really needs help okay I was gonna ask that so is that how it works I mean you're just simply having guys gals come up to you and say hey Mitch I think this would be a really good family 
family to help out. Is that how that works? Most of the time it does, but a lot of times it's just our friends out in the social work community that oh, gotcha. say, hey, okay. we need some help and we know you guys are out there with this foundation. And so we sit down and we talk about what their needs are and see how we can help them. That's beautiful. With COVID hitting and everything, we couldn't take individual families. Last year, we couldn't even shop with people. We uh-huh. had to do the shopping ourselves and then we went back and we wrapped everything. And that was that was <laughs> the mean, first time I've ever done that. And that was, uh, yeah, we probably won't do that again. Mitch, are you a pro rapper now? Uh, you know what? I have always been the one to wrap gifts. Oh, good for you. Oh, yeah. well, my husband but, probably wouldn't even know how to yeah. begin to wrap it a box. Right. A Mine was just handing day. it in the bag with what you had. <laughs> yeah. you Throw know, some tissue the paper in there. The receipts in the bag, honey. Um, but, you know, it last year was, it was so huge and we had all these things and we were wrapping each things individually but it really worked out well for us so we decided to do that again and I'm, I'm also in the lodge as well. I'm the vice president of the lodge of the Fraternal Order of Police. So I'm really involved in everything that we do and I, I think this is great that we do this and I think it highlights just the need within our own community and I like that what we take in stays local. It stays yeah. here for Allen County for our people so you know if you're giving dollars to this that it's going here for this community. I think that's really important to point out. I'm actually really glad you brought that up Sophia because I know Mitch when we were kind of talking about uh, this program a while back that was something that you had mentioned and I think that's really just important for people to hear sometimes when you are going to give whether it's a monetary donation or an item or what have you people want people want to know where that's going yeah in addition to that i would just want to add too is like he he doesn't take a we don't pay him to do this so this all the um expenses that we incur from where the leaving a living legacy is housed is in the fraternal order police so that those monies to run that facility come out of the fraternal order police money not the living legacy money so there's no like middleman no one's getting a salary for anything they do this is all above and beyond what our officers do in addition to their i'm learning most things that y'all are involved in are above (laughs) and beyond so we do i mean everybody does a lot everybody pitches in where they can and we do other programs like coats for kids and the blue bucket brigade and you know uh, I think we've given money for little leagues and, you know, just things that are affecting our community, our kids especially, and that's what the money goes for. Yeah, so we talked about the Cops for Kids, we talked about the Forgotten Families, but the other two that you mentioned that kind of fall under this umbrella of the Leaving a Living Legacy are Blue Bucket Brigade and Coats for Kids. Can mm-hmm. you kind of tell us a bit more about those as well? So Coats for Kids, um, the Christ Child Society from St. Jude's contacted me and they were really having a problem with COVID as well. How are they going to get these coats to these kids? And at that time, they were doing about 2,300 to 3,000 coats. And so we gathered together and we busted out the FOP trailer and we met with them and we delivered all the coats to all the schools. And then the schools would distribute them to the kids. And then this year, we did almost 6,200 coats for the kids. Well, you just did just shy of 3,000 the year before and you did nearly six. Wow. Correct. And that includes hats and gloves as well. And we all got together. And, I mean, Sophia, Lisa, me, Matt, Jim, Bernie, get together and just separate in the city and take off all over the county and make these deliveries. And the ladies from the Christ Child Society just have one night that they come together. They put all those coats in boxes. They separate the orders. We pick them up and we take them. It was like a a facility like Amazon. You know, you walk (laughs) up in there and they've got just this. They're like, you want to see our coat room? I'm like, sure. You walk in this room and it's just... They're, they're sorted by sizes, they're sorted by gender, there's, you know, then there's hats, there's gloves, and they're all packaged in these boxes, and we're just carrying out boxes. So every Wednesday in October, we were delivering, we delivered to every school in the county. 
Uh, we wow. were out in um, how many schools is that? Do you know? I'm putting Monroeville. Oh my goodness, oh we did. Yeah, because we there was no school private. It didn't matter. Parochial. Is, did if them you all. got if you need it, if you had a child in need, you got a coat. Wow. Um, so it, you know, and that's important to us. I mean, none of us want to see kids without nope. coats. I mean, even though my children decide not to wear them when they should, <laughs> when it's 30 degrees outside, I don't like coats. But when they're little like that, they yeah. need to be taken care of. Absolutely. So then the, the other one is the Blue Bucket Brigade, which I know here at Wawa we've teamed up with you guys on that effort before. But talk about that one. We have. So we started that five years ago, and a couple of staff members from the Boys and Girls Club reached out to me, and they had a great idea. They wanted to connect our most trusted servants with our most vulnerable youth. That's our motto. So we put that together and wanted to see what it looked like, and it's been great. But again, with COVID, mm-hmm. we weren't able to go out and do the exact same things because we would take the kids out to the Walmarts sponsored us, and the kids would explain to the community what it meant to them to be here collecting money for their programming. None of the money came to us. And then at the end, once we do all of our fundraising, 60% of the proceeds would go to Boys and Girls Club. 40% would come to us to help us with Cops for Kids. Oh, uh, And so, yeah, it worked out great. So we knew that we had money that came from the community going right back into the community to help the kids back in the community. And a lot of those kids are from the Boys and Girls Club. We were talking before the show started about uh, Marion, Indiana and some things that were happening down there. Can you kind of elaborate and tell people what we're talking about? Yeah, it's great because it's uh, watching the local Boys and Girls Club with Joe Jordan, especially Debbie Stellwagen and Henry Phillips, and you can't leave out big Chris Wallace. You know, they, they have big hearts, and they the programming they do here has become contagious. And so um, they ventured to Marion to help Marion get their club up as well. And we're going to take the Blue Bucket Brigade down there as well to help them. So our local FOP is going to help Marion's FOP to try to bring that together for them and bring law enforcement in the community together down in Marion as well. That's so cool. Uh, do they? Ha- I mean, I feel like at least I feel like here in Fort Wayne, we have a pretty good relationship between our, our local law enforcement, and for the most part, throughout the community. What's it like in Marion? You know, Marion has a, a decent relationship down there. It's just a different dichotomy than here. Sure, yeah. You know, and w- when driving to that club, I noticed that there were a lot of kids on the street, and then I get to the club, and there weren't so many kids in the club. Mm-hmm. And so they're just building their programming and getting okay. things ready to go. New director down there, new programs coming in. And I believe this Blue Bucket Brigade is really going to help them explode that relationship and once they start really working the programs because when we first started people looked at us and they walked the other way they saw police they didn't see the kids right well now we put the kids in the forefront with the signs and i said look a little more pathetic and they'll give you more money (laughs) that those eyelashes (laughs) a little bit (laughs) yeah right (laughs) and it is to watch them then they run back to you and they say hey i got a 50 dollar bill i got a 20 dollar bill well they're fully invested in themselves and that's what i want we stand back and just make sure giving them a little bit good. of ownership in it exactly yeah. exactly and they do take it i mean those kids go out there they hustle <laughs> <laughs> they do you know they're really hard to turn away to because they're kids i mean who's going to turn down a, a child um but but the blue bucket brigade was born here here Correct. in Fort Wayne, yeah. yes. Yep. So. Right, and not too long ago, right? Yeah. Like you said, I think five four or five years, years ago. ago. Yeah, yes. because I remember we teamed up with you guys, I feel like almost right at the beginning or the right inception the beginning. of oh, that. Right at the beginning, oh, it was great. Um, it, was great. And it was great. I remember, I feel like we had Jan talking about it. But So all four of these programs then, so just so I'm understanding it correctly, fall under this leaving a living legacy umbrella, right? Correct. And you do this all throughout the year, not just around the holidays, right? All throughout the year. How important, I mean, obviously you're seeing the impact of these programs 
every day, but I mean, just in your own words from a, from a human level, you know, how important are these programs to our community? They're extremely important, especially for me, selfishly, when I walk into that Boys and Girls Club dressed in plain clothes, they know me as a police officer. Yeah. They don't need to see the badge. And we go there, we play games, read books, hang out, and it's something that's special to me yeah. to go in and have that sense of belonging in the community, especially with our kids. And I know I watch the officers when they're around the kids as well, when they're playing basketball, when they're having time with them. You can see a change in just the total atmosphere. And that's what we need to do in this world. Yeah, it's more fun. Mm -hmm. So you can see, you know, the face just lessen, the tightening of the face, the smiles come yeah. readily. Um, and then, you know, a lot of our newer officers come out and they participate in cop, Cops for Kids uh, in the shopping. And I'm amazed at, probably because I've been doing it for so long that I've just, it's kind of second nature. It still gives me a good feeling every time I do it. And the kids are amazing when you're shopping with them. But but when you get a newer officer in there who probably hasn't experienced a yeah. level of poverty like some of these kids have, they haven't seen that. Even though they've been out on the street, they haven't been out that long. And this is a really intimate, you really, these kids start talking to you about everything while you're shopping with them. So it really just, it just lessens their guard and they're just happy like a legitimately deep down from the heart happy that they're doing this and i get so many things like i can't believe i haven't done this before yeah um, mm -hmm. isn't that amazing you know we we do uh, some some charity work here at wowo too and it always amazes you know we're, we're the ones giving so to speak and, and people on the other end are receiving but i always feel like yeah. us here we're 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 the ones doing all we're the, the ones receiving. getting right yeah we're, we're getting so much more than they even realize than they even realize isn't yeah. that i just always think that's beautiful how that works and here you guys have all of these programs that's remarkable but Mitch, you did mention COVID, so I, I do kind of want to. I'm sorry to bring it down a little bit. <laughs> well, I thought we were supposed to be happy. I know, I know, I'm crying. No, but I mean, obviously, COVID greatly impacted all of these programs last year. Are you still feeling effects from COVID on these programs this year? You know, I would say not so much. Okay, good. See but, there, Sophia, not right. so much. So what's been really, really uh, surprising to me, and not like I didn't think it was going to happen, but how rapidly it happened, was the amount of donations that came, and they're unsolicited. Oh, so wow. usually I would put out something in the paper and say worse, but we did not solicit a dime the last two years because businesses are struggling too. Yeah. So it's one of those things that sometimes a business may contact us and say, we need dot, dot, dot. So we just didn't want to put a strain on the community that way. Businesses send people to us that they know. They may have employees that need, and they may send them to us. So uh, we received um, healthy donations from individuals out in the community, and it cleared our entire list. We are able to take every child Whoa. off our list because of the monies that came in just this past and week. And it was all unsolicited. All unsolicited. That is remarkable. Oh, my people gosh. People are amazingly that's... generous in this community, and they know the work that we do. I mean, this is something we've been doing. Someone asked us how long we've been doing this, and um, I, I, I tried to think back I was actually how long, going to ask and <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah. remember when it started. But Programming it, started about mid-'80s for all of it. We used to do a bicycle helmet program, so Cops for Kids about 27 years now. Yeah, I was going to say, it had to be right before I even came on. Right then. Mm -hmm. Well, it's clearly having an impact on this community from the story you just told about the unsolicited donations. I think that is remarkable. Hats off to 
all of the folks who have given those donations. If someone's listening right now, they'll mention they're like, hey, I want to help or I want to help out Blue Bucket Brigade or I want to help out Cops for Kids. I mean, how can listeners, folks be involved and get involved? So you can mail donations, just make checks out to FOP 14, but in the memo, put Legacy Fund. Mm. And if you wanted to go to something specific, then slash Cops for Kids, slash Blue Bucket Brigade, slash Forgotten Families, and then I'll stick them in the restricted funds as they need to go. Um, and that can be mailed to 2125 Olladale Drive, 46808. Do you ever foresee other programs perhaps being added to the Leaving a Legacy, Leaving a Living Legacy program? You know, the one thing that I want to see is literacy programs for mm. adults. Mm-hmm. And what I see with the children is a direct reflection of what I know that they may not have at home, which may be a parent that cannot read or write. And if they don't have basic literacy, then they don't have financial literacy. And if we can really bring simple programs in for adults to help them out in that way, I believe that we're going to see our communities grow even more. Yeah, that's a big thing for me, especially, you know, English major here, love reading. Um, but I do notice and when you, we go to the schools a lot, we were just at uh, a local school, Bloomingdale, on Friday, um, helping them with a food drive. And, um, you know, you're sitting there and I'm, I'm, we're going around to each child and they're reading and some are reading at a just an upper level that you, you, you're like, wow, this is this is awesome. And then some are really struggling. So, you know, if they're really struggling that they have probably maybe an, um, a learning disability or they don't have, you know, backup at home to what they're learning here in school. So if you don't have that, I guess, um, secondary parent there that in, in, through no fault of their own, they don't they don't know how to do it to help with that, then you're going to struggle in the classroom. And I think for me, that's a big passion. I love reading. I was reading at an early age. Um, everybody knows I've had foster kids. Every foster child that went through my home, you know, we read books together because that's so important. Mm-hmm. Reading is the mm. base of everything you do in this world. Yeah. And if you cannot read and you're struggling with that, then we need to f- first figure out why you're struggling. It could be a learning disability or it could just be that you don't get enough practice and that practice needs to continue at home. My father always used to tell me good good readers make great leaders. Absolutely. And that's always that's stuck with me. And yeah. I didn't even realize that that was that big of an issue in our community. It's huge. It's huge. But you guys would be, I mean, you would know. You're on the front yeah. lines. You're dealing with it every day. Yeah. So speaking of those officers that are on the front lines and they want to get involved, like you're talking about, Sophia, you have folks come on board and they, they're helping out for the first time. How do uh, your officers get involved or say, hey, Sophia, Mitch, I want to help with the Blue Bucket Brigade? How does that work? Well, we normally, we send out messages. I send, I send out messages department-wide and I'll send over stuff to the county. Um, I try to get to the state police too because they are members in our lodge as well. And then we hit New Haven, uh, Woodburn. Um, but, you know, we will be out on December 1st and December 8th at the local Myers to do our Cops for Kids. Uh, people see us all the time shopping with the families, and they try to hand us cash. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> um, it, it is. You know, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to take cash. I take the cash. Um, yeah, <laughs> Mitch will take the cash. I direct him to him. Like, I don't oh, want to take so it. Funny. Go see the I guy up front. I turn away cash. Um, but, you know, people see that, and they're just... I think every year they're just amazed that we're doing this. And I'm like, well, we've been doing this every year. We've been year. doing it for years. Yeah. yeah, and they're like, this is so amazing. It's so great. And, you know, officers are in uniform, and they're, 
you know, we even had the chief out there last year, and uh, he was buying little girl clothes, and he he was so beautiful doing that. It was so cute. He wouldn't let me take a picture, though. I oh, took, bummer. I took pictures. <laughs> well, and I think, too, most importantly out of all of that, kind of going back to what you said, Mitch, a little bit, is just the relationships, then, that these kids get to have with police officers, because a lot of times their views are going to come from their parents or their guardians, and they might not always be the greatest views, or they might have a, a distorted opinion about police officers in general. So what a great opportunity to, to shine this light on this relationship between members of the Fort Wayne Police Department and just children throughout our community. I think, I mean, I had asked you the question why these programs are so important, but I think that in itself is a wildly important reason for the programs. I think it's hard, too, because we were talking about before the show, you don't, you don't walk around tooting your own horn, right? You don't walk around no. saying, look how great we are. We're doing all these programs. And that's one reason I'm glad, Sophia, you, you brought in Mitch so that we could talk about it. Because I will toot your horn all day and I will yeah. advocate for you, you know, all day long to help our community know that these programs are helping, that they can help them too. Yeah, and it's not just the Fort Wayne Police Department that's involved. We have county officers. We have state officers, New Haven officers. Um, I think we've had some DNR officers show up uh, mm-hmm. that work in our county as Community well. Community Corrections yeah. comes out. Are there yeah. programs like this in other states? Oh, yes. So, again, you would you, you hear different titles of shopping programs. So I was an uh, elected official for Northeast Indiana, and I still keep contact with those 14 lodges there. And they're all starting their programs now, too. They just did their fundraising drives for their programs. And they'll usually do one day, one big shopping day somewhere. We divide ours up because of the size of our county and the need that we have. And it just makes more sense for us to do that. But yeah, all across the state, the state FOP uh, works these types of programs in all 92 counties. I just think on the whole, it's like perfect timing for the holidays, all these programs that you guys are doing. And Mitch, just one more time, how folks can support the Leaving a Living Legacy Fund, which, by the way, supports all of these programs that we're talking about, just so people kind of understand it. How can folks one more time donate if they want to help out? Sure. They can donate by check by making the check out to FOP 14 and the memo put Legacy Fund. And if they want it to go to a specific program, they can put a slice there, Cops for Kids, Forgotten Families, Blue Bucket Brigade, Coats for Kids, and then that'll come to me at the lodge, and then we take care of it, and we get ready for the next programming to come up. I love it. For me to you, I'm I'm so just appreciative that you're doing this for our community. Like, Someone's got to do it. You right. know, this you... program and so many others. I mean, we, we drop donations, you know, to the YWCA and and to, like I said, Little Leagues, things like that. I mean, we're, we're all, all right over here the community. staying in our all community. All local Allen donations all for Allen County. It's very important that your money stays here in Allen County. Amen to that. Yeah. Sophia, we are, we're trying to stay on this, you know, like positive momentum train <laughs> as, as we're headed into the holidays. Obviously, right. we just got through Thanksgiving, headed towards Christmas. What's up next weekend? Well, I, I don't know that it's much positive, but we'll try and make it positive because we're going to try and keep people out of the system by giving them correct information about drinking and driving. I like so the way you spun that. that's a positive spin <laughs> um, I'm going to bring on. Yes. Um, Sergeant Matt Wilson, we're going to talk about drinking and driving. We're going to talk about what you should and should not do and what uh, drinking and driving would entail. And can we talk about checkpoints, too? Absolutely. Oh, I, that always seems to come up around the holidays. Yeah. What do I need when I go through a checkpoint? Are, are police officers allowed this, this, and this? You know, that's always, I don't know why. It's always a big debate, it seems, every year. <laughs> Everything's a big debate. It's always. So can we maybe. <laughs> we can touch on that, yep. yes. And don't forget, all of the previous uh, episodes of Unholstered can be downloaded anywhere you download a podcast. Plus, we are back here every Saturday morning at 10 30 on WoWo. It's your town, your team, your topics. This is Unholstered. Unholstered.
Thanks for listening to Unholstered. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. And remember, you can listen every Saturday morning at 1030 on WoWo 1190 and 1075 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media.